There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello everyone. Oh my goodness. Hello everyone and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodhi. I am your host. And as you can probably tell by my voice, I am losing it. I've had uh, a cough and uh, yeah, breathing problems. I think I have the what's starting off is bronchitis. So yeah, I was sick for like three weeks, got better for four days and now I'm sick again. Having school-aged children is just wonderful. So let's get this episode started, shall we? While I still have my voice, first up, uh, things that I like. We went to San Jose last weekend for the three-day weekend, and uh, we met up with Sierra and our boyfriend there. They live in Northern California. One of the things we did is we went to uh, the Redwoods, which was amazing. Highly suggest going there, checking that out. And another thing we did was we went to the Tech Museum in San Jose. That was a really cool place. So if you're in the area, I would highly suggest going to the Tech Museum. It was really fun. Um, this episode, as always, is supported by the Patreon supporters. So I want to thank everybody who donates on Patreon to keep the show going. Thank you so much. If you want to go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt and support the show, I would really appreciate it. All the money goes back into the show. None of it goes right in, excuse me, none of it goes into my pocket. Like I don't pay my rent with it. Everything goes back to support the show. Let's get started because I can already feel my voice not, it's not hanging on. It's like, um, you're real close. There we go. Okay. Uh, first up, Fred Lambert. A lot, I've noticed, and we may just be in a slow news cycle because Tesla's going to announce the, their earnings call next week, which is on a Wednesday. Um, but not a lot of meaty news. It's just like a lot of like, uh, that's interesting. So this is a, uh, that's interesting kind of a podcast. GM may bring electric trucks and SUVs to the market. Really, this is no surprise because, uh, you know, Every car company should be thinking about bringing electric trucks and SUVs and sedans to the market. Makes a lot of sense. Um, especially with all of the hoopla and love that Rivian got at the auto show and all of the attention that the Tesla pickup's getting, uh, even though it hasn't even really been announced. I mean, it's been announced. We just don't have any idea what it looks like or what the specs are going to be or anything like that. 
But that was from Fred Lambert. This next one's from Fred Lambert as well. Fred Lambert got to drive a Jaguar I-Pace for a few days, which is super cool. I like this car. I think it's really neat looking. I don't... When when uh, journalists, or anybody for that matter, say this is a blank killer, Tesla killer, iPhone killer, Android killer, whatever, um, I don't tend to... Uh, like that's just that's just a lot of hyperbole, you know? It's like they can exist. Everything can exist. Uh not everything. Two car companies can, with similar products can both exist and do just fine. It none of them has to kill the other one. It's not that kind of we're not like in a Roman gladiator battle. It's you know, both car companies can exist, both models can exist, and it's really good. So um when this car was first announced it was said to, uh, you know, could it be the Model X killer? Well, probably not. But it is going to be a really good car. Um, Here's what Fred Lambert thought of the vehicle. This vehicle was stunning. Um, There's some question about whether it's really an SUV or a sedan. Fred Lambert doesn't think that it looks like a sedan unless you put the car in the off-road mode, which raises the suspension up. Then it looks a little bit more like a crossover than a sedan or than an SUV. But when you're just driving it in a normal mode, it looks like a sedan. And I, I will agree to that. I watched the video that he had on there and that I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, he had a lot of fun driving it. Uh, great handling, low center of gravity, steering super responsive, highway driving was comfortable. He was impressed. Uh, he was not impressed with the driver assist feature features. He had to correct the steering. Otherwise, um, or or he had to correct the steering or it would just stop working with no warning other than the wheel, which I'm guessing was in a, uh, like on a screen somewhere, the wheel going gray. Active cruise control was mostly fine. A lot of alerts during stop and go traffic, which I could imagine is pretty frustrating. The range on the I-PACE, the EPA range is 234 miles on a single charge. Um they thought they got actually a little bit more than 200, a little over 200 miles. When you speed up in the car, it makes these, and I, we've talked about this in the past, it makes these weird fake sounds as if the motor's revving when it's really not because there's no motor. I mean, there's an electric motor, but no engine. Um, when you're charging, getting in and out of the vehicle stops the charging session. That seems very strange. Uh, let's see. The UI had several bugs and was not intuitive. Navigation wasn't great. CarPlay didn't work or wasn't working correctly, but the climate controls worked fine. So you got one there. Um, overall, I think the I-Pace is a pretty impressive vehicle. Uh, this is Jaguar's first, you know, uh, real play at the electric vehicle market. And I think they've come up with something really good, but it's definitely not mature, but they will. It'll mature over time. One moment, I'm going to mute you and take a drink so I can maybe get this uh, nighttime DJ voice to go away. One second. Here we go. Nope, didn't go away. Okay, moving on. Micah Toll of Electric. And actually, the next several articles come from Micah. Lightning Motorcycles is going to debut their new electric motorcycle, the Strike. The Lightning Strike. In March... The company is taking pre-orders prior to showing off the bike in, um, I believe, 
March. No, that's a different company. So they're just taking pre-orders. We haven't found out when they're going to uh, actually show off the bike. No, it's in March. My bad. Anyway, the specs on the bike, it's uh, 150 miles an hour, top speed, 242 kilometers an hour, 150-mile range, 242-kilometer range, fast DC charging, 35 minutes. The bike's going to start at $35,000, which I, or excuse me, $13,000, which I think is a really good price. It's just like your standard, like Yamaha, I don't know, Ninja. I don't even know if that's the same company. It's just your standard uh, bike that you ride on and you lay on the gas tank. What is that called? Um, I know that there is a, there's a negative word for it and I don't want to, uh, use either one of those cause it might be insensitive insensitive, but anyway, it's a racing bike. looks like a racing bike. Um, let's see. It'll come in two versions, uh, standard and carbon edition. The standard version obviously will be like the $13,000 model. And this carbon edition will be much more expensive and it will have everything. Lightning Motorcycles currently has uh, a LS218 that they're selling. The top speed on this bike is really impressive, 218 miles an hour on an electric motorcycle. I'm sure that that thing is a rocket. Um, just insane. Uh, I can't imagine what it is, what it's like to ride that at full speed. Uh, I don't want to, by the way, either. Uh, the LS218 has a 100-mile range, starts at $39,000, and tops off at $47,000. So um, I think what they're doing with the strike is a good thing. I, more people can afford their bikes, and they'll get their name out there more. Um, Zero Motorcycles is teasing their new electric motorcycle, the SRF. We don't have much in the way of details, but this is kind of something we're going to keep our eye on. And Fleet, uh, excuse me, Fleet, <laughs> Fly Free is an electric motorcycle startup with a new electric bike for urban riding. Their naming conventions may be the worst in the industry. Here are the, th- the two motorcycles that they already have, and I'm going to introduce the new one. They have the Smart Desert, the Smart Classic, and the new one, the one we're talking about today, is called the Smart Old. Really, really terrible names. Those are awful, absolutely awful. But the Smart Old does look really cool. It's a Brat-style bike. kind of looks like a cafe racer, but it doesn't like it's more stripped down and basic. Um, but it's a super good-looking bike. It'll offer three modes, Eco, City, and Speed. 100-mile range and a 50-mile-an-hour top speed. Uh, this bike looks super cool. It also looks super small. Like, the guy riding the bike in the video did not look like he was that big of a person. Um, and he looked big on it. So, uh, you know, this might be great for somebody who's a little bit shorter, but not so great for somebody who's super tall. I don't, I don't know if everybody's going to be able to ride this bike. I mean, I'm not even super tall. I'm going to say reasonably tall. Um, yeah, like I'm 5'11". I don't, I think I would be too big for this bike, but the bike has a great starting price. If you pre-order it on Indiegogo, it's $4,500 US or 7199 if you buy it after the pre-order. That's a pretty good price. I mean, even if it is small, who cares? It's pretty, it's a really good price. If you're just putting around having fun, um, it'd be a great bike to do that on. 
Next up, this is a new person, and I love her name, new journalist, Astro Jane from Teslarati. Tesla owners have been reporting break-ins and vandalism en masse. They, there's tons and tons of stories about people having their Teslas broken into or vandalized just because it's a Tesla, which is really unfortunate. But Tesla's releasing a Sentry mode for all models equipped with enhanced autopilot. So basically what happens is if something happens around the car, one of the eight cameras is going to start recording it. Um, here's my problem. Why is it only available with enhanced autopilot? Because all of those cameras are still in the car without advanced autopilot. Uh, if you really wanted to do something nice for your customers, uh, it, people don't care if they're going to steal your stuff, if you have enhanced autopilot or not. They're just going to steal your stuff. So it'd be really nice if... Tesla made this available for everybody, not just those who spent the extra money uh, for advanced autopilot. One more second. I'm going to take a little quick drink here. This is going much better than I thought. I feel like my voice is getting deeper and deeper. Can't really hit those high notes, though. Okay, Tesla Jane, or excuse me, Astro Jane and from Tesla Rati and Inside EV Stephen Loveday. Goodness gracious, I can't talk. Toyota and Panasonic are teaming up to build some EV batteries. Tesla is talking to some new Chinese battery supplier to supply them batteries at Gigafactory 3, which is, of course, in China. Um, it's interesting that this is news. You know, uh, Tesla and Panasonic are two different companies. They partner on certain things together, but they're not the same company. And they're not intertwined. Um, they're not intertwined like SolarCity and Tesla are right now, which is now under the Tesla umbrella. But you get what I'm saying. Like Tesla, Panasonic's allowed to go out and make other deals and make money. Pa Tesla does not care if Panasonic makes money or doesn't make money. They just want them to be there when Tesla needs them and vice versa. Um, they, you know, each company wants the other to be just successful enough so that they can get what they need out of them. Um, I'm sure they're very, uh, uh, fine people on both sides and there's no animosity, but, the reality is, is if Panasonic went out of business tomorrow, Tesla doesn't, it doesn't hurt their feelings. It might slow them down a little bit, but they'll figure it out. Same on the other side. So I think this is good. It's, it's natural. Both are leaders in their uh, area and, you know, certainly Tesla's input can hurt, help out that Chinese battery supplier and, you know, Panasonic's input is definitely going to help out Toyota. So it, it's a win-win for everybody. Um, customers included. So it only seems natural to me. Fred Lambert, Tesla increased the price of superchargers um, a lot. Test customers complained and Tesla said, okay, we're still going to increase the price of the supercharging, but not by nearly as much, which seems reasonable. I, I You have to be able, like they can't lose money on superchargers. We'll never get superchargers. On the other side, um, if people feel like they're being gouged because to this point, up until recently, they weren't charged for tr supercharging at all. And, uh, now we have more model three customers out there. You know, it's one of those things I can kind of see where, where Tesla's, uh, 
you know, they, they need to be able to sustain this, the network. So if they need to charge more money, they need to charge more money. It's just the way it is. Um, this is from Reuters. Ed and Fred Lambert, two different stories here. Tesla will start selling the Model 3 in Europe. They can sell. They got the approval, which is something we talked about a couple of weeks ago. And European Model 3 reservation holders can now test drive the Model 3. Now, you would think that somebody who did, who has done a podcast for the last two and a half years about Tesla and has been talking about the Model 3, almost every episode uh, would have driven a Model 3, and you would be wrong, because I, I hadn't ever. So I made an appointment, and I went down to the Kierland Commons uh Tesla dealership on in Scottsdale. A um, very nice gentleman named Jesse uh, let me drive a white mid-range Model 3, and it was amazing. It blew me away. Like, I am somebody who, you know, not only talks about this stuff to you folks, I also, you know, talk about it to, with my friends. I read about it. Like, I'm I'm fairly well versed and I am surprised that when I got into that car and I started driving, especially when I started like driving on the freeway and using that on-ramp to kind of kick myself back into the seat a little bit with acceleration, I'm really surprised on how much I loved that car. When I started the test drive, I was like, nah, I'm really more looking at the Model Y. I don't really have a huge interest in the Model 3. When I got done, I was like, man... <laughs> I really want a Model 3. This thing was so much fun to drive. All the little features. Jesse was great. Really knowledgeable. No pressure on the sales or anything like that. He just, you know, we just had a nice conversation. Talked about uh, things that the car can do. There were some things that I knew it could do. Some things that uh, I didn't. And when I go into these kind of situations, I don't tell people that I do a podcast. Because I think I do a podcast about Tesla. Um, I really feel like that uh, that serves no purpose. So if I just sit back and I listen and I don't let them know how much I know or don't know, I un always end up learning more. And it was a really good experience. And that car is so much fun to drive. It is like driving a tank. I am. It was just uh, amazing. Anyway, moving on. Um, this is from a bunch of people. So check the show notes. I'll have all the articles there. Uh, Tesla's laying off 7% of its workforce. The Model S and the Model X now have one battery size, um, which may be because they're going to refresh the line or start using the 2170 batteries. Uh, the referral program is going away. Model S and Model X production improves, like efficient, if, inf uh, efficiencies improve. The Model S and the X are no longer running a third shift. There's all of these things that people are talking about and, Honestly, last week when I saw some of these things, and this week when I saw some of them, I was like, man, should I talk about them? And I did talk about some of them, but I was like, this is all going to be answered in the earnings call on Wednesday. So that's as much as I'm going to talk about them. Like all of this stuff is going to be answered on the earnings call or at least addressed. I think these are all important issues because who knows where the direction of the company is going. I've heard some people say, or read some people say that the Model S and the Model X are going away. That ain't going to happen. Um, I don't know why Tesla would do that. That doesn't make any sense. I do see that maybe as their 
planning a refresh for the Model S and Model X. They just kind of simplify things until uh, the refresh happens. That seems that that makes sense. The cars have pretty much looked the same for a while now. There's been some changes, obviously, but uh, it hasn't been a whole new refresh since they came out in, what, 2012? It's basically you see one Model S on the road. It looks like every other Model S on the road. With some minor differences, of course. Um, <laughs> this is Astro Jane uh, Teslarati again. Some of Tesla's competitors may pick up or have offered to pick up some of Tesla's employees that were recently laid off, which is awesome. Nikola Motors, Volvo USA, Lucid Motors, they've all uh, kind of thrown their uh, their the life preserver, I guess, out to those, those Tesla employees that were laid off. CEO of Nikola Motors, Trevor Milton, offered to walk Tesla workers in resumes, former Tesla worker resumes, right into the human resources office himself. He also offered to do the same thing for Faraday Future and GM employees, which I think is a pretty decent thing to do. And very valuable for the company, the all of these, Lucid, Volvo, and Nikola. And there were some other battery manufacturers that I didn't really recognize their names and I didn't think added to the, the story. All right. Man, I hope my voice, I feel like I am monotone. I feel like no matter how much I try to do, and I don't have a lot of inflection in my voice anyway, but no matter how much I try to add some inflection in my voice, it just is coming out like one solid blurb. So hopefully that's not the case. Um, EVs and cold weather. So this is actually something that uh, was brought up by James, who's a Patreon supporter on Slack. He uh, sent me some articles and I was, and when this is when I was in San Jose and I was like, Oh man, this is really good because it, living in Arizona, I, I don't, care about the cold anymore like when it gets cold here and i've been told that i'm a little bit of a weenie but when it gets cold here um it doesn't freeze it just gets down to like 40 and i'm cold uh right now it's probably in the 50s the low 50s and i'm wearing a sweater in my basement and i'm cold but it's nothing like what get you know like canada or alaska or any of the uh countries that get cold that have electric vehicles. So I thought I'd talk about, um, based on, you know, James prompting this, I thought I'd talk, talk about the, uh, effects of electric, uh, cold weather on electric vehicles. Now it isn't just the, the electric, you know, it isn't just Tesla. There's all sorts of electric vehicles out there that are in cold weather. All of these articles were from Canada. So, um, just so you know, it's a very Canadian Citrix set segment here. Uh, this is from Star Phoenix, Aaron Petro, 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 Petro. Anyway, five misconceptions about driving an EV in the winter. Uh, number one, the battery is unreliable. Uh, you know, that's not true. Uh, if you have, if you're driving, uh, an ice vehicle in the winter and it's in very cold weather and you don't bring it into the garage or you don't plug it in, it may not start in the next day, but EVs actually have a battery warmer or cooler, depending on the climate that they're in to kind of help that battery stay in good shape. Uh, cold reduces range. Now these aren't 
that's not not true. Cold does reduce range, but in an ice vehicle, if you're driving in the wintertime, you're going to have, uh, you're going to burn more fuel because you're running the heater. And then you're also probably not always, but you're probably operating in four wheel drive. If you have a four wheel drive vehicle, uh, charging infrastructure is lacking. That's true ish. There's definitely some areas in, uh, the rural, uh, that can, they have a lot of room for improvement, but it's not necessarily, um, so bad that you can't get places. Charging takes too long. Uh, yeah, that's, that is true, but charging takes too long. Even when it's not cold outside, just when you're normally charging your vehicle, it takes too long. Uh, next up is from CBC, Philippe Morin. I know a Philip Morin. I know a Phil Morin. He's a teacher at the high school I used to go to. Anyway, I doubt that this is him from CBC. There is a Model 3 in the Yukon Territory. Now, if you don't know where the Yukon Territory is, it's in Canada, of course. And it's that little territory that butts right up against Alaska. Um, and, uh, you know, Alaska's friendly neighbor. Mike Simon of Whitehorse has a Model 3, and he is pretty happy with the way it's performing in the negative 39 degrees Celsius or negative 38 degrees Fahrenheit uh, weather. He um, seems that it seems like it's fine. It's his first winter in Whitehorse, but it doesn't have any real complaints. He recommends getting a battery twice the size of... Um, twice the range, excuse me, of your daily commute, which is smart. Even with the reduced range, though, um, due to the cold, Simon is still happy. Uh, He can do plenty of his, you know, commuting and then all of his, like, little daily driving stuff off to the side, and it's no no big deal, just regular daily use, grocery store, that kind of thing. He does keep the car in a garage. Um, Shane Andre has a similar has similar things to say, but he has a 2012 Nissan Leaf. Uh, the Yukon uh, government bought a Chevy Spark. I think they bought she- several Chevy Sparks just to kind of um, as a test, and so far that test seems to be going well. I think they have 17 something like that. The article is escaping me right now, but something to that point. And then finally, in response to the, I just threw this in here, uh, there's not enough chargers. This is from Fred Lambert. Petro Canada, which is used to be a state-owned oil company, which is now owned by Suncor, they're installing EV chargers at some of its gas stations. Now, if you remember a couple months ago, maybe even a year ago, Shell started doing this in Europe, uh, which I think is a smart move for gas stations. Uh, you know, you Obviously, a gas station is in the perfect place to refill your vehicle because that's what their business is. But you can actually go sit at the charger, go inside, grab yourself a snack. I mean, if you were, if I was stuck at a supercharger, not a supercharger, if I was stuck at a charger at a convenience store, you know, gas station, I would definitely go in. I'd get myself a water. Might get myself a protein bar, some coffee or whatever. I'm going to spend money there. So no matter what, because uh, I just kind of have, like, I just can't sit in the car without, you know, coffee or a water or something. So while I'm waiting, I'm going to spend money. So it's a good thing. And, and they're in the perfect, you know, 
these convenience stores, gas stations, they're all in the, a great place. I, all of them should do it, I think. Especially as EVs get, uh, you know, the Model 3s ramping up. We're getting more and more EV companies out there releasing cars. The Kona, Hyundai Kona, it's just, it's smart. Right now, though, EV owners can charge at the Petro Canada's for free, but after the beta program ends, they'll, they're going to get charged money. But, you know, I think this is a, a fair program and I'm happy to see companies do it. Hopefully more companies, uh, start putting, uh, chargers outside of their, their businesses, gas stations. Anyway, I can feel myself. <laughs> I can feel myself starting to fade. Um, I've never had an inhaler before, but I'm having some problems because of the bronchitis or maybe the start of the bronchitis is not exactly bronchitis yet. So I started taking an inhaler and that makes me so jittery. Um, kind of clouds my head up a little bit too. Not a fan of the inhaler. Um, anyway, so yeah, that's, that's it for me. Uh, one other thing that I forgot to mention on the tech museum side of things, um, in San Jose, we saw a, the, the Panda movie. So they have this big, huge IMAX theater, which has got stadium seating. And this Panda movie was amazing. It was about, I don't know, 30 ish minutes or so. And, uh, it was like, it's, like the whole theater just kind of wraps around. It's a, it doesn't really wrap all the way around. It kind of curves. So you're peripheral. You're just looking at this massive uh, screen. And unless you move your head around, you don't see the ends of it. It's, it's really impressive, but the Panda movie was fantastic. Really enjoyed it. Anyway, that's it for me. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B O D I E at 918 digital. If you want dot com, if you want to send me uh, or follow me on Twitter or communicate with me on Twitter, Twitter, my DMs are open. You just uh, search for an at nine one eight digital, and uh, yeah, that's it. I'm going to get out of here before I make a buffoon out of myself, more of a buffoon. So thanks everybody. <laughs> I'm talking and I'm waiting for the music to show up, but I have to put the music on. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a good day. Hope everybody has a great week. Next week, we're going to talk about Tesla's earnings, and then um, that'll be the whole episode. So we're looking forward to that. I really enjoy those. Have a great day. Uh, great week, everybody, and I will talk to you next Friday. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.